you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello, good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 34 of the Wulong Talks podcast. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm your host, as always, and I'm here, and I'm feeling good. Hope you guys are feeling good, too. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by the crew. We've got the Man Geek up north. Say, what's up? What's up? Cool. And uh, we've got the wrestling kid, Rich Reviews, down south. Say, what's up, bro? Hello. Cool, cool, cool. Well, it's been a little while, listeners, so um, thanks for sticking around with us. Uh, hopefully you've been checking out some of the other podcasts and things like that as well. Um, we have joined a, a new podcast network, which I'll tell you a little bit more about uh, towards the end of the show as well, so I'll give you some more details about that coming up. Um, but first of all, uh, boys, how you been, man, since we last recorded? Have you been up to anything fun, geeky? Have you checked out any trailers? Have you been playing any new games, anything like that? Um, I got, I got, I got a new TV. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, you did. Yes. Yeah, got, got a new TV for my birthday, so I'm, I'm happy with that. And um, it's funny. Yeah, I was, a... gonna, I was gonna bring up birthdays at the end, but of course, Richard being Richard, he had to bring it up immediately at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Textbook narcissism. I'll exactly. fucking take that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah. So I got a new TV. Need to. Mm. I, mean, I haven't even had a chance to even like fiddle around with it to be honest. Mm. And you, so you got I'm a Panasonic, do that at some point um, this weekend. You got a Panasonic 4K one, right? Yeah. 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 Panasonic 4K. Um, I think it's like okay. You better take advantage of those extra Ks, man. Yeah, I think it's like six, 60 inch, fifty inch. I don't know. It's big. All I know is it's big. All I know is that <laughs> at some point tonight, when I get off the phone from you guys, uh, I might have a you know, like like do something to enhance my you know enhance my senses like Daredevil and maybe like whack on like Destiny or something and really feel like I'm there and and I'll maybe give you guys like a review um, next week. Yeah, cool, man. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been doing. That's this. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, cool. We're definitely down for some of that. So yeah, man, let us know uh, how you're getting on with the TV and stuff. Um, Big A, what's up with you, man? We've you been up to. Uh, nothing really. Nothing much. Just usual, isn't it? Like comics, movies, blah blah, all that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you started reading um the Doomsday Clock, didn't you? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, you know what? I know it was honestly, it was really good. Like, okay, literally, I did, I wasn't expecting it to be that good, and then like started reading it, read the whole first issue, and I, I liked where it was going. And it is kind of so far, and I know it's a big task, but like a worthy successor to Watchmen. It it it's it really depends as to how good story remains. Um, but oh, wow. but yeah, at the moment, first issue, like. I had to give it its props, even for like the super obvious Trump allegory stuff. Like mm. e- even with that stuff in there, I was like, "Yeah, this is actually pretty good." 
Cool, cool. For the benefit of those who don't know, can you just explain a little bit about what the Doomsday Clock is about and how it kind of brings in the Watchmen and things like that? Uh, well, yeah, well, we essentially don't really know that much about it other than um, it's to do mainly with the Watchmen universe and uh, a ver- what what appears to be a version of the DC universe and them, them somehow kind of intertwining and being connected uh, in some way, probably via Dr. Manhattan. And that's that's pretty much all we know to start off with. Um, and now they're putting the pieces into place. So, uh, so yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, um, I've been around as well. I've been uh, checking out some movies. I went to go and see Four Ragnarok again. Um, so I gave them a little bit of uh, extra change. Um, and I also checked out the, the Villainous on DVD, and I did a little review for it. Um, listeners, if you want to check that out, you can head over to our channel. You can go to either um, SoundCloud or iTunes or Acast and, and search for us on there. Um, as you know, we I like to do these little movie reviews now every now and again. I've started off uh, doing three of them so far. Uh, and they've been pretty well received as well, which is great. So thanks for your feedback on that. Um, but yeah, I checked that movie out and I really, really enjoyed it um, for, you know, uh, a Korean action movie—it ticks all sort of all the right boxes in terms of the things that you want from a, a Korean action movie. Um, the plot is very dense, as you would expect again from a Korean movie. Um, there's a lot of plot twists again, as you would expect from a Korean movie. Um, and I, you know, I've seen some people say that some of the plot twists left them a bit confused as to what, going, what was going on because it does jump backwards and forwards in time a little bit as well. But uh, if you pay attention to it, you can get what's what's going on. Um, so all in all, I would say it's definitely worth checking out. But as I said, you can check out the review for that as well. That's on our channel. Um, yeah, so let's jump into it, man. Uh, we haven't recorded for a, a couple of days, as, as you know, listeners. Um, that's to give everybody a chance to see, obviously, the massive release of uh, Justice League, which came out last weekend. Um, hopefully by now everybody's seen it, so we're going to go into some deep spoilers with this. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to skip this episode and come back to it later when you've actually watched the movie. But um, yeah, we will go in deep with that one, so um, prepare yourselves for that. But first of all, let's get into some movie news. Now, um, I don't think there's been anything that major or that big that has been announced. I, I don't know if you guys have missed anything, but... Uh, or have spotted anything that I missed, but I haven't really noticed anything apart from the story which broke, um, I guess it would have been yesterday, really. Well, no, it was sort of more late Tuesday was when the story broke, um, referring to uh, Disney uh, Marvel's upcoming version of uh, Captain Marvel. Um, they have an adaptation which is uh, due to come out, I believe, in 2019. Um and they've made a big casting announcement in that Jude Law has joined the cast. Now, of all of us here at Wulong Talks, there's one person who would quite rightfully, uh, quite happily give up his own life force to spend some time with Jude Law, um, and that's the wrestling kid, Richard Reeves. So, Richard Reeves, I'm gonna leave this one up to you, son. Um, if you wanna take the stage and tell everybody why you love Jude Law so much, and also um, what you think of him being cast um, in his specific role. You can give a little bit of detail about the role as well. Um, so, Rich, take it away, man. Yeah, Jude Law, that 
pretty bastard that's what he is man <laughs> you pretty bastard um yeah no like no I, I, I'm, I'm yeah i'm a fan of june law um i i think he to, to be honest i think he reminds me of like you know like like a good few years ago like in like in the 2000s when everybody was just nice and happy like when we were younger they were just kind of running around free and you had like the whole music that wasn't really doing nothing and films really didn't do anything um and I think he's someone that has kind of come into his own as an actor as he's gotten older. Like he's someone that was more, a lot of his roles are more based on his looks. Because if you look at the beginning of his career, um, he, he put in quite a good a few performances in, in some of the films that he that he played in. So like films like Gattaca, which is actually a really, really good sci-fi, um, which I think is one of those sci-fis that broke the norm. Like, and, and it's kind of been forgotten. Uh, as yeah. I like that it is a sci-fi that didn't have like pew pew laser guns or spaceships and shit. Mm. um i mean even like even like the bad films like um the the cap the, the sky captain the captain of tomorrow or whatever like that was a decent film i like what it what it tried to do but as he's i mean you know then obviously he kind of got like had a bit of a rough turn in hollywood and then had to come back to the back to the uk and to be honest the majority of the films that he's done since then have actually been pretty decent and um, and if he hasn't been good in them it's generally just been because the, the film itself hasn't been that good so like for example king arthur like king arthur is just not a good film and i just don't think it was a role that was suited for him to, to be honest yeah. um but yeah yeah so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see somebody that I, I actually don't mind watching on screen uh play basically my favorite cosmic character um which Sorry, is captain I'm marvel Oh yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say if you could just confirm a bit uh, which character he's playing as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, so basically, Captain Marvel. Um, yeah. there's a there's a big like law story or like like court story that happened between DC and Marvel in regards to the use of the the name of Captain Marvel. As you guys know, or as some of you guys may know, the character of Shazam in DC was originally called Captain Marvel, um, and then basically marvel came out with a, a character called captain marvel and they actually end up going to court um and marvel won the case and that's the reason why now captain marvel is now called shazam and to me that's just karma because originally the character of captain marvel belonged to a different comic books company and and it was actually sold better than the superman comics and dc took that company to court and because they were a bit of a bigger company they were able to win the case and so they actually then bought the rights to captain marvel so you know what you reap what you sow dc um and yeah like basically the, the role of captain marvel in the marvel universe is that he was the the protector of the universe he was a a, a member of the Kree race who we've already seen in uh or we've seen and also heard mentioned in that you know um the short tv series and you've seen him in the guardians of the galaxy um movies as well and um and he's just fucking awesome uh, and he's also the first character to have a graphic novel. So the first the first graphic novel to be released by Marvel was the death of Captain Marvel, and it was it was it is it, basically considered one of the best. Although you may not find it in the top ten, just for the simple fact that it takes a very very human look at a character. And considering what the character's done, he doesn't die in like some big massive battle against Thanos, who is the first person that Thanos got defeated by. Or, you know, against, you know, X, Y, and Z, he basically loses his fight uh, against cancer, as in like the disease cancer. Mm. Um, and and it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's, it's a pretty heart wrenching story. So I'd, I'd definitely suggest anybody to go and pick it up. 
um, and before they, if anything, before they read that, maybe read the actual first mini series when Thanos actually gets introduced into the Marvel Universe. Um, and then he goes to battle with Captain Marvel and the Avengers. Um, and that's probably that's probably his best work. But I, I'm really, really super excited to see how they're gonna how they're gonna deal with him in this film. Um, and that was my biggest fear when I heard that Brie Larson had been cast as Captain Marvel. Not that she's not good, or not that I'm not a fan of Carol Danvers, but you can't have Captain Marvel without Captain Marvel. So you just take to count that his name, his actual name is Marvel. So it's split, it's split into two. So Mar is his first name, and he's from the house of Vel. So if anything, think of it as like the same way how they treat the names on um, on Krypton. But um, yeah, I can't wait. I've already got like my my screenplay written in my head and things I'd like to see and you know an X Y Z. But as it gets closer, you guys, you know, you know, I love to talk, so I'm definitely gonna start spit, spitting some spitting some theories and whatnot. Yeah, cool, man. Well, definitely, as said, as as the um, movie draws closer, we'll, we'll we'll dive a little bit deeper into the lore as well. Um, so, listeners, those of you who aren't familiar with uh, the Captain Marvel character, um, the character of uh, Carol Danvers and of uh, Marvel as well, we'll we'll dive a little bit more into that um, as the time comes. So, that's definitely something we'll revisit. Um, Alf, did you have any thoughts on the casting of Jude Law? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> it got announced, and I just went, ah. Oh. And then that was it. Because me, I'm the kind of guy until the movie comes out, just just because, like, I just don't. I just, I'm not asked until the movie comes out, and I see the trailer, and I go, that looks sick, or mm. whatever. Well, I'll go and see it anyway because it's superhero shit, but whether it looks good or not. But I, I wasn't really, I, was, I, have no, I have no fight in it. I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll see it. But I, I don't care, though. But hopefully you, they made the right choice because they're really good at casting. So, mm. are you are you guys are you guys uh, familiar with the character the character of Captain Marvel? No, only in kind of, only in passing. I've I've never like read any yeah. of the original kind of Captain Marvel stuff. No. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean okay. I'm I'm vaguely familiar with Marvel. Um, I know yeah. a little bit um, about his background, and uh, I remember him appearing in the Infinity not in the Infinity comic. Sorry, in um, Infinity Quest, I think it was called the original one. Mm. Was that the original one Jim Starlin did? It was was it Inf- Infinity Quest? I think it was, wasn't it? What, which one? So when 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 it shows Thanos going for the actual gems itself? Yeah. Well, the no, the not the recent Jonathan Hickman run. The um, mm. the one before that, the one from um, I think it was like the eighties, wasn't it? That came up. Um, so I remember him appearing in that that run. Mm. Um, but I didn't know a lot about like his history and, and, and like where he came from and stuff. A lot of it, honestly, I've, I've picked up from you, from talking to you about it. Um, mm. A lot of it, I, yeah, I, I, I don't really know that much about uh, Marvel, but I'm looking forward to finding out. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Mm. Um, with regards to Jude Law, well, good on him, man. <laughs> nice work if you can get it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice work if you can get it. Um, somebody well, actually well, no, but... out. Sorry, go on, Rich. No, no, I was going to say, well, now he's kind of struck jackpot, hasn't he? Because now he's, if he, if this casting does go ahead, he's now part of like two, well, basically two franchises. Because I think he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what he's I was going to be like, yeah. oh, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, he's, he, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, no, no, go ahead, man. I stole your thunder, man. I stole your Shazam. <laughs> go ahead, man. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, because obviously he's uh, Dumbledore now in the uh, Harry Potter franchises, as that rumbles on um, and expands. So he's got that role. Um, and now he he's going to be playing Marvel as well. Um, mm. So it's like yeah, as you said, he, he's got two massively um, iconic roles uh, on the bounce. 
So, um, yeah, well done to him. Well played. And I look forward to his take on it. I think he, for me, I think if they're going to play Marvel as um, somebody who's, who's quite a, a regal character um, mm. and somebody who is imbued with a lot of power and wisdom yeah. um, and can deliver that in a way that doesn't come off too smug and too... Yeah. Um, you know, too too kind of like uncomfortable for for people to watch, mm. um, and too overbearing. I think he's he's a good fit for that because I think he can he can downplay very well. He does that um, very well in the Sherlock Holmes movies where you know yeah. they kind of let RDJ do his thing and he kind of downplays everything and and is mm. a straight man to to you know to yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s um, uh, comic antics. So yeah, I think if he's gonna, you know, if if, if the character of Marvel is is gonna be written in that way, then yeah, he's definitely a, a good fit for that. I think so. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. no, I, I, def I definitely agree with you, and I think and I think that's the reason why I was saying why I think he's maybe a good casting because the smugness that he had when he was younger, like that is a, is one of the reasons why he kind of like why Hollywood kind of said, well, listen, like you you know you're good at this and you know that you look like this well listen you know maybe that's a bit too much like back off um and i remember the year that he actually got just got destroyed by chris rock um i think when chris rock performed um presented the oscars and, and i think like i said now he's reached that age where like now he just does want to do he just wants to do films and just act and you can see quite a few people in um who are like uk based like see people like orlando bloom like he now's now wants to be an actor <laughs> after like he's, he's hit like a certain age but um but that's you know that's that's neither here nor there. But let's I'm gonna end on this note and then we can move to the next topic. Hey, listen, Jude Law is gonna play a young Dumbledore. Young Dumbledore must have been getting some tail, bruv. <laughs> he must have been checking chicks, fam. Like magic and look like Jude Law. Are you crazy? Like what kind of madness is this? <laughs> well, apparently so, yeah. he, he um might be gay in this film. Um from because about of, that, yeah. Because apparently in in those um I've never read the Harry Potter books, by the way, listeners. So that if I get anything wrong with this, like please feel free to shout at me. But um, apparently, in the books, it's hinted at that that um, he was gay. Mm. Um, so there's talk that that may be the case with his character in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them too. Mm. Um, I don't know if if that's true or not, or, or <laughs> no, if that's confirmed or whatever. So. So yeah, he may not have been getting chicks. It may have been a load of guys, but either way, he would have been well, scoring. Either way, he either way he's scoring. Yeah, <laughs> either way he's scoring. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well, let's move on from that uh, and head into well, as said, the the main kind of reason we're here, which is to talk Justice League. So the Justice League movie came out uh, last week. Um, as I said, hopefully all of you listeners have had a chance to listen to it. Uh, sorry, to watch the movie now and have enjoyed it or not as the case may be depending on um how you look at it and especially going by the rotten tomato score um but yeah we've got some thoughts on it as you can imagine so we're going to dive right into that and you know crack this egg open and see what what's inside whether it's some juicy yolk or whether it's some just some stinky stuff that, that needs to be dashed away so first of all guys um before we get into any kind of details about characters and things like that just initial thoughts on the overall movie when you left the theater um alvin we'll start with you man um what was your initial reaction once you you, you finished seeing the movie honestly my initial reaction was that wasn't as shit as i thought it was going to be uh <laughs> and a slight air of kind of 
pleasure, but not enough to kind of like be insanely happy about, but more of a, oh, you know what I mean? They did better than I expected and actually worked out better than I expected because I expected it to be a car crash. So yeah, my, my initial feelings to it was just like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, Rich, how about you, man? Yeah, so yeah, give me three seconds. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think my my initial reaction was was the same as as Alvin's, to be honest. Where I was like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. That's number one. Number two, um, I wasn't surprised because um, it was what I expected it to be. To to be honest, um, especially when you heard about things like about the reshoots. Um, and number three, I, I called it. If um, I mean, like, if I don't know if you if you guys remember when we were talking about um, when when they released the trailer, and I basically just said that like, I think this is just going to be Justice League War, that, that, that you know, that, that just the film version of Justice League War, which is like an animated movie mm. where they fight against Darkseid, but they're just going to take out Darkseid and replace it with St- um, Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, it did it did a few things right, but um, it did a lot of things wrong that are just like yeah this you know dc has still got problems and they they might have to do this like soft reboot with like the you know flashpoint paradox which is i'm sure something we'll touch upon later on in the show as well yeah yeah yeah. we'll get to all, all of that but um yeah yeah i just wanted to get you guys initial thoughts really but yeah because i mean i when i saw it and came out initially my reaction was like what the fuck was that um but it was less of a kind of Batman v Superman, I'm angry, what the fuck was that? Than more <laughs> a kind of just confused, what the fuck was that? <laughs> if that makes sense. Because mm. when I stopped and sort of thought about it, there were some things that they did right, and, and we'll talk about that. Um, there were certainly elements, um, scenes, and some kind of character representations and, and character beats and interactions that I did enjoy. Um, but as you said, Rich, there's, there's a lot wrong um, with the movie as a whole. And it left me feeling a bit, when I felt, when you know, when the dust kind of settled and I thought about it more, it left me feeling kind of sad, really, because it felt like as much as I felt the movie was poor and it is poor, there is kind of things that are there that show that they're kind of maybe trying to turn things in the right direction if that makes sense in, mm. in the sense that they're trying to they're trying to change the the way the characters are represented they're trying to change the the tone of the universe and it's kind of it feels like it's that first step in the right direction but they're still kind of stuck in a quagmire and so you know they've literally only got one foot on dry ground and the rest is all in in this quicksand that they still need to shake off um and as a result you know the movie kind of feels a a mess really um but let's get into it anyway that's that was that was my kind of initial takes of it but yeah let's let's just jump into the meat and veg really um so in terms of like the positives so the things that actually you felt really worked um what were the kind of things that, that really kind of impacted for you and you were like, yeah, I, I enjoyed this. So we'll start with, say, specific um, for specific scenes before we get to the actual characters themselves, but specific scenes that, that made you feel like, okay, yeah, this works. Um, Alf, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, um, to, to be honest, there wasn't really kind of like a specific scene that like, it's, it's a weird movie, like, because it, 
I think the, okay, the like the one scene where I was kind of like, you know, the the kind of embracing all the all the madness or the comic book madness and that was that was that one flashback uh, about Steppenwolf when he first came to Earth to try and uh, terraform it, and you saw all these kind of like the, the world of men, the Amazons, the Atlanteans, and uh, and then you had all these other beings as well, and then like seeing a Green Lantern kind of in that battle. I was just kind of like, oh, okay. So they are like properly embracing like all the craziness of like comics and whatnot. And they are, you know, doing their own kind of, I guess, timeline in a way, because uh, that, that happened eons ago and whatnot. And that was kind of like, it was an acknowledgement to kind of like that there's more out there, I suppose. And there's different places that they could go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I imagine we're all probably going to say the, the same thing with regard to that specific scene, but that was a great scene. Um, I really did enjoy that scene um, in terms of the way that, like you said, Alvin, we, they, they kind of embraced the, the nuttiness of, of um, that comic, you know, and, and Kirby's kind of um, idea of, of the new gods and... Um, the idea of you know these these different forces coming together to to battle um steppenwolf it was very kind of lord of the ringsy um in terms of mm. the way it was that it worked nicely for me you know i enjoyed that i always enjoy a good battle scene and um you know i thought it was a lot of fun and yeah it was kind of cool to see a, a, a green lantern um included in there as well even if it was just for a few seconds um and i heard some people say that zeus was supposed to be in the battle as well but i think he may have been cut out or something like that i'm not sure but I don't know if you guys saw that at all, but um, I saw yeah. Zeus and I saw I saw Ares. Right, right. Okay, so you saw them there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed those those kind of elements. Um, Rich, uh, same same for you, man. Were there any like specific scenes that you liked aside from that scene? But obviously, if it is just that scene, then feel free uh, to that, chime in on that. That, as well. that that scene didn't do anything for me. It, I think, as in, as it didn't do anything for me, where I was like, oh my god, wow. Like to me, it was a scene that was more fanboy service, because and this is and this is the the problem that I have with the DCEU and this film in particular as well, as mm -hmm. the whole thing of like there's no there's no concept of time. Mm -hmm. well, so, well, hold on, like, hold off on yeah. the, the, the negatives for now. We'll get to the negatives, but oh no like, no, just, no 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 I'm just no, 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 oh no. I say okay so tell me about yeah. so a scene so, that so stood out to a me specific scene that yeah that you felt was was actually good that you enjoyed the way you watched the scene and was like yeah i, I enjoyed that well it, it would be it would be a pick of two can i can i can i put can i put two you can just say both yeah okay all right okay so the first one were the amazons against steppenwolf when steppenwolf comes down in our in our modern daytime to get the mother box that was awesome and i don't know if you remember, if you guys remember how i was saying how i wasn't sold on the amazons in the wonder woman film because yeah. it was just like like they, they they weren't Amazons. They, they 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 didn't they didn't feel like they were anything special to me, um, and if they just felt like they were the only Amazon in name. And if you think about it, the Amazons were the people or were were women that were promised um, to Spartans. You know, like you know, when a Spartan passes away, this is the person that they're going to go to. You know, whatever place they consider heaven, and that's the person that they're going to be betrothed to for the rest of their life. A warrior woman, and you see Wonder Woman, and it's good because there was like you no. Know, the women were represented and the different races of women that were represented and they were all very strong women but when the germans invade the mascara it's kind of just like meh 
No, I wasn't really, really sold in it. This one showed, and I like the fact that it, um, like Damon Carroll, it seems to be back on point. Damon Carroll is the, basically the the main um, fight choreographer and stunt choreographer that that Zack Snyder uses on has used on the majority of his films. So from Three Hundred, he's a guy that basically helped create the Three Hundred Spartan program and the Three Hundred Fighting Style, um, Sucker Punch, Watchmen to me kind of lost the plot on Batman versus Superman and kind of picked it back up again on, um, on BVS with the Batman scenes. Um, so that scene there showed me the reason why Amazons are Amazons. Um, and they, they weren't just, they're not just brutes. They were like, there's, you know, just smarts. They're not just beautiful women or just strong women. They've got their mixture of everything. So there was that scene, um, that, that, that really had me going. And then the scene where basically when Superman comes back to life, spoiler, and uh, three of the Justice League attack him. So that's Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Aquaman. And the Flash basically starts running around, um, you know, to try and do something. And it's just the look of the eye of Superman tracking the Flash. And then it turns from the tracking of the eye into the tracking of the head. The fight after it is okay. That's fine because you know that Superman's fast anyway. But it's the exchanges of glances between Barry Allen, who's obviously at this point, as far as we know, never faced anybody as fast as him, just going, holy shit, this guy is as fast as me and I may have bit off more than I chew. That scene there had me grinning like a Cheshire cat. I kid you not. So th those, th those two scenes off the top of my head, like really, really were like executed well on screen and, you know, and were just like, just perfect for the characters that they were portraying. Hmm. Yeah, um, with the Amazon scene, I really enjoyed that as well, the opening scene. What I liked about it, I think, which you kind of touched on anyway, really was, um, same kind of thing, really, was it, it sh for the first time we actually saw um, them use uh, a kind of tactical awareness um, yeah. and, and sort of working together um, as a unit. And, and that's why they're so, you know, formidable as a fighting force. I mean, certainly from what I remember of... of reading them in, in the comics back in the day was, you know, that's what made the Amazons so formidable was that they um, they worked as a team. So mm. you couldn't, you know, it, it was very, very difficult to take them down because they all, you know, each one had a specific role in a battle, in a battlefield, and they were all trained for that specific role. So they all knew kind of exactly what to do and when, and that's what you got in, in that scene with the Sepulwolf attack. Um, early on, you've got perfect illustration of that. So yeah, I did in, enjoy that scene as well. Um, so yeah, that was cool. And I've got a lot of thoughts about the Superman scene, but we'll get to that in the negatives. Um, characters, in terms of like characters that you enjoyed um, the most, uh, was there anybody really who kind of stood out for you and you were like, yeah, I enjoyed this, this character and you'd like to see more of them within this universe? Um, so particularly, I'm thinking of the, the characters that we haven't met yet. So we're looking at The Flash, um, Aquaman, and Cyborg um, in particular. Um, was any of the, did any of those three do enough to stand out and say, yeah, I, I, I want to see more of this, this type of character on the screen? Um, Alvin, you, you can go first again. Sorry, I keep picking you first, man. But we'll, no, that's we'll all right. That's fine. Um, hmm. You know what? <clears throat> I, I was kind of mildly pleased with all of them in different ways i did think there was a bit too much it was a bit try hard uh like for for barry allen like i was just like just calm down the jokes a little bit you don't have to be so jittery all the time you know what i mean that mm -hmm. that was kind of like 
it didn't grate on me, but it was, it was just something that I noticed. I was like, yeah, they could tone that down a bit, but I'll just take it, whatever. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, what? I think Ray Fisher's Cyborg is quite, um, quite good because he, he kind of played him natural. You know what I mean? He was like, yeah, I don't really want these, but I have them. So I kind of have to learn to use them. You know what I mean? And it's a, it's a nice, we, you know, when we first see him, he's kind of like in his, uh, like his dad's place. Uh, and he's like just living indoors for however long. And he's presumed dead, like as far as everyone else is concerned. But it was nice that he had an arc whereby he was kind of distant for a little bit and then decided to, you know, get on board and start using his, his, uh, well, acquired powers for, uh, for good in order to, uh, defeat Steppenwolf but yeah I, I thought he was a pretty a pretty well fleshed out character for someone who's pretty much a fucking robot mm-hmm. cool um Rich how about you any of the, the <coughs> characters that you kind of was like yeah I wouldn't mind seeing some more of that um yeah I mean yeah you know like you guys have just said um F- Flash Cyborg um Aquaman I think I think we were kind of undersold in Aquaman Especially how things were portrayed in the, in the trailer, they, like you know, I, I was expecting a bit more. Um, so, I mean, what, what whatever we did get of him, it, it it was actually quite good. I didn't mind. I definitely agree with you, Ivan, on the way how Cyborg was portrayed. That, like, to be honest, I was I went into this film going like, yeah, Cyborg is just going to be like black actor number seven <laughs> underneath cgi and he's just gonna and he's just gonna walk up to apple max and touch it and go like i can read stuff so um so yeah so um yeah like like i think yeah like you said he played it really really natural um and barry allen was was, was pretty good as well i mean to be honest that's not my barry allen mm. like anybody who anybody who reads a flash comic like knows that that's Barry, that's not how Barry Allen acts. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, but obviously they're trying to they're trying to go for something different, um, and and it did work. You know, I, I'm I'm not gonna knock it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would I would have liked to have seen a bit more Aquaman, um, which is meant to you know I mean there's that rumor that the whatever was cut out from the film there's meant to be quite a few scenes that kind of delves into his background. So I'd like to see what what that would have brought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... For me, with the three new characters that were added, I, I think the one that surprised me the most, um, and both of you have touched on this, but I'll probably, so I'm just reiterating what you've said anyway, but um, the one who surprised me the most was Cyborg. Um, again, because on a personal level, I don't really have any attachment to the Cyborg character. I never really have. Um, even, you know, way back when I used to read like the Teen Titan comic books and stuff, I, I just never really got him so much. Um, but in this film, what they've done really well, and what Ray Fisher did really well is, um, I think you said it, Alvin, he kind of underplayed it. He didn't, um, the, you know, the performance wasn't bombastic or anything like that. It, it came across as a guy who's struggling to understand what's happened to him. Um, and you know, what it all, what it all means, um, basically and what the implications of it are. Um, and you can kind of, what the movie did very well was was give us a little kind of glimpse at the relationship he has with his father as well. And um, the way that appears to be kind of strange in terms of how um, his father obviously used <clears throat> used the uh, Kryptonian technology to, to kind of rebuild him. Um, and how, you know, he 
Cyborg is still trying to figure out sort of why his father did that and, you know, and, and what that all means. And um, I think, yeah, you know, he, he handled that well and, and the film handled that quite well. Um, I, I got the feeling, though, that there were parts of that that had been left on the cutting room floor, um, partly because of uh, some of the things that Zack Snyder was saying when he was still working on the movie and how he was saying, you know, Cyborg is basically going to be the heart and soul of the film. Um, and that didn't really happen for me anyway when I watched it. But, um, yeah, it did feel like, um, you know, there were parts of his story that, that they may have just removed from the film altogether. Um, but he was definitely one that, that stood out for me. Um, Aquaman, I kind of, kind of picked when we were talking about the trailer before I picked Aquaman as my MVP. And, um, yeah, I was kind of surprised and a little bit disappointed, to be honest, because it felt... Um, same thing as you said, Richard, it felt like a little bit shortchanged. Um, I'm not sure if they're trying to kind of cut things out so as to not spoil the Aquaman solo movie that's coming up. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the future of, of the DCEU. But um, yeah, it felt like, again, a lot of his stuff ended up on the cutting room floor. And the character that I didn't connect with much at all um, was The Flash, which was weird because that was the character I was most expecting to connect with. but a lot of his jokes just fell flat for me, apart from maybe the, the you know, the one quip he has about brunch and, and not getting brunch and things like that. Um, that I thought was, was kind of humorous. But other than that, yeah, a lot of the quips and, and all of that, it just felt a bit, I think Alvin said try hard. That's, that's probably the best way to, to describe it. Um, mm. Yeah, it just felt a bit forced to me. It didn't feel natural at all. Um, and like you said, Rich, this isn't really the Barry Allen that we know. And, and certainly, listeners, if you're familiar with um, The Flash, whether it be the, the TV adaptation or, um, you know, the comic books, or even going back to the Justice League cartoon, um, which a lot of people listening to this might remember. Um, you know, even though he is, again, he serves a, a similar purpose in that cartoon in that he's the comedic relief, um, he's not, you know, every minute a joke. It's It's... He, he does have some very funny lines in that series, but it's, um, you know, they're usually well paced and delivered at the right time. Whereas here it kind of felt like almost every time he was on screen, he was trying to crack a funny. And after a while, that, that just got a bit tiring for me. But um, yeah, the Cyborg was definitely the standout for me, definitely. Um, so for the, uh, the the Holy Trinity, Lord bless them. <laughs> yeah. But the um, the you know the the DC Trinity, the powerhouses of, of DC Comics, um, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Uh, how do you guys feel that they were handled um, in this movie? Do you feel they they got enough screen time, or didn't get enough, or did their characters kind of change too much, or was it what you kind of expected? Um, Rich, you can go first because Alvin's always going first. So. <clears throat> um, I think I thought they were handled okay. Mm. It, it felt like Holy Trinity lights, if you get my meaning. And yeah. um, and I didn't like the fact that well, well, at the beginning of the film, they kind of make a reference that Batman and Wonder Woman haven't really been in communication for X amount of time um, mm. since the death of Superman. But yet, when they inter when they are when they do interact, it's almost like they've known each other for X amount of years, and they have been in contact. And that kept on throwing me off the way how the way how they were acting, like the, you know the relationship between the two. Um, I like the fact that they were kind of hinting at you know there might be some form of 
you know, like relationship that, that could blossom, uh, which as people know, at some point in the comic books, um, Batman does date Wonder Woman. Um, so, so that was okay. Um, I don't know, the, the Batman that we got in this, as compared to the Batman that we had in BBS, seemed very, well, yeah, wildly different. Um, and I know that some people were, were, were complaining this is a new iteration of Batman. So people maybe might still be going off like the Michael Keaton's and the, you know, the, the Christian Bale's. So the way how this Batman is portrayed now, maybe this is how Batman was a few years ago before he became disillusioned and just a bitter old man. Um, but that's something I'm sure something we'll, we'll touch upon later on because that, I think that's another thing that comes into like time constraints and timelines for, for this universe. Mm. Superman, Henry Cavill, the boy did well. I'm not gonna knock him, man. I I I was happy with what he with what he gave, um, especially considering what he had to do. And for the first time in a long time, especially like when he goes buck wild, I was like, at last, like don't get me wrong, we know that Superman's all about truth, justice in like you know in the American way, and you know he have your cookies, you know drink your milk, always be good to your parents, you know the four laws that Hulk Hogan used to give and all that stuff. But when he went bad. I was like, yeah, he's a bit of a bad boy. Like he he did it right. It did get a bit cheesy towards the end in his portrayal when when he was coming and you know and you know in the fight against Steppenwolf. But I mean, what more do you want from the big boy scout? Like yeah. there's, yeah, like you know, like it was it was decent. And you know, you got I don't think I don't think you can really really knock him. There's a lot of people out there, like I said, really really um, I think making some noise as well about Wonder Woman and how she's not she wasn't as stronger female as she was in you know in the wonder woman film but like i said this is where it comes down to the whole thing of like time time has changed so like and like because there's no concept of time in this whole universe people are just watching one film and then watching this film and thinking well why isn't this person acting like this anymore so but yeah but i, I was happy with what they gave me with the holy trinity can't knock it yeah cool uh alvin how about you man yeah, I thought Wonder Woman was on point as always, kind of in terms of like characterization and that. Uh, I like that scene at the beginning with her um, when she was like uh, saving those hostages and that. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, it seemed to, to me to be in keeping with a lot of the stuff, but it's like what Rich was saying about how people see things in one movie and expect their power level to be exactly the same in the next and all that. And not like, well, it's, it's comics at the end of the day, and it? it's, it's someone's power level is always going to go like up and down dependent as to who's writing them, you know what I mean, and, and what the story needs and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked I liked her. She was cool. She, she just did everything I expected her to do, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, Batman, I thought they'd, they'd made some improvements. Yeah, because they gave him a lighter tone. He wasn't as, like, fucking scowly as he was uh, in BVS, and he just seemed uh, uh, just a smidge more likable. Um, even though, you know, he's not kind of like the most expressive of the team. Uh, he was more, he was just more, more generic Batman. Um, so, so yeah, it was pretty, yeah, I mean, he did some all right stuff. I mean, I think the kind of, um, kind of made it, not made him weak because he's, he's human, but the kind of didn't make him as tactical as I'd like. Like when he was having, like, I'm thinking of the fight with Steppenwolf, and like, I can't really remember him doing anything apart from possibly pointing a gun at him, uh, one of the uh, Parademon's guns. But, um, but yeah, no, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. 
Superman, I I was quite surprised by just because I felt he was more in keeping as to what a classic Superman is like uh, in terms of his uh, attitude and behavior and the kind of things he says and his responses and, you know, him just being a nice, well-mannered boy and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I just, also, like, I like the fact that his... His suit wasn't, it wasn't the muted colors. It was actually kind of bright. And it, that kind of just, kind of just made me smile and go, yeah, that's, that's Superman, man. That's fucking, that's what he's all about. Cool, cool. All right, thank you, guys. Um, well, I guess from my point of view, I'm going to use this as a bridge for us to go into some of the negatives of, of this film. Um, because I do have some thoughts on, on these three characters. Um, starting with Wonder Woman. With Wonder Woman, uh, I mostly enjoyed her on, on the screen. Um, uh, Gal Gadot continues to, to get better and better for me um, with each kind of appearance. And um, I actually thought she, she did quite well in this movie, um, as I felt with uh, Wonder Woman, um, considering where she came from. Um, so in terms of performance and stuff, I thought you know she, she, she seems to be getting very comfortable with, with the Wonder Woman character now. Um, and she kind of gets how that that character works and, and um, the strengths of, of the character as well. I did like the little um, scene of with her conversation with Cyborg, um, where I think she mentions, you know, um, Cyborg kind of thinks he surprised her, and she's like, "Look, if you know, if I wanted to, I could have dragged you out of the bushes because um, I knew you were there," kind of thing, and I knew you were listening. Um, you know, so it shows that she kind of, I guess they've kind of positioned her as like the mother of the, the group almost. Um, and she kind of fulfills that that role pretty well. Um, you know, I did like the the scene where Cyborg arrives on, on the rooftop when they um, meet with Commissioner Gordon and she kind of turns and sort of smiles at him um, as if to say, you know, I knew you'd come kind of thing. Um, so I like that she's quite an, an optimistic character and... and she kind of fits what they're trying to do now in terms of building that that optimism. Um, not sure I needed that many R shots, um, but boy, it is what it is, I guess. Um, but aside from that, yeah, she was pretty cool. Um, Superman, I, I I I enjoyed most of Henry Cavill's performance. Um, unlike you, Rich, I wasn't convinced by his return scene at all. Um, and to be honest, I felt that was kind of a misstep as well. Like, I don't think if you're trying to change the way Superman is presented to audiences, um, I don't think the best thing to do is to have him on his a turn, return immediately attack um, people who are supposed to be on his side. Um, I, I, I didn't say that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I didn't say No, I said that. No, I said the scene that I liked was just the scene where he looks at the flash. I didn't say I was a big fan of the actual scene itself. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, Put me on blast. How dare you? <laughs> no, that wasn't about putting you on blast. I was just... I'm joking. I'm joking, man. <laughs> You'll know when I put you on blast. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't... I, I wasn't crazy about that scene, to be honest. And I've seen a lot of people get quite excited about it. And I just... It left me quite cold because it left it made me feel like oh we're going down the Zack Snyder Superman road again where Superman's a moody bastard who just is you know is grumpy and, uh, and grunts and uh, people don't understand me they're my enemy uh, and it's like it's not 
you're not bringing any depth to the character by doing that. You don't make a character deep by simply turning them into an arsehole. That's not the way it works. You're, you're supposed to show a progression. Um, so for me, that scene didn't work at all. Um, but I did like um, his initial introduction, even though the CGI was wonky as shit. Because um, I don't know what was going on with his lips there and people going, <laughs> oh, you're, you're making too much of it because if you didn't know they would CGI'd it, you wouldn't be able to tell. I'm like, what? You wouldn't be able to tell something was wrong with his face when you saw that film. <laughs> like, if you couldn't spot that, then maybe you need to get your eyes tested because, like, that that has nothing to do with with anybody knowing that um, he, they had to CGI out his moustache. It, it was plainly obvious that something wasn't right with his lips because his lips were half an inch to the left of, of underneath his nose. Mm. And it's like nobody has a face like that, and especially when we know what Henry Cavill's face looks like already. But anyway, um, yeah, the return was a little bit cheesy, but um, as you said, Rich, that that's kind of Superman, and and, and I feel like it, it's time for him to be a little bit cheesy. Sorry, we've we've gone through the the, the depressing Superman phase. Let's give people a, a bit more of an inspirational Superman. You know, basically, you've DC have allowed Marvel to to steal their lunch and and turn Captain America into the character that, that Superman should have been. Um, mm. so, you know, it's about it's high time that they 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 position Superman in the the way that he should be positioned. So, um, but there's things to work with there, and and Cavill, it, I have to admit, is good. As much as I haven't enjoyed any of the, the Superman outings so far in terms of movies, um, I, I really can't complain too much about Henry Cavill. I think he I think he gets it, um, and I think that he deserves to get his own movie. Really, but we'll go into that later on anyway. Um, but yeah, let me start with my real negatives, and this lot might this might surprise you a lot. But um, I did not enjoy Batman. I did not enjoy Batman in this film at all. Um, I I don't know whether it's because the character has changed so drastically from the way he was in Batman v Superman, um, and because in the back of my mind I'm thinking the only reason his character has changed is because of the ludicrous Martha. Thing that they shoved into BBS, um, but it, it's it's feeling weird. And also, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of felt like Ben Affleck played it like he couldn't be bothered to be there at, at times. Um, it seemed very like a very lackadaisical performance. Like there's certain parts where he's talking on the private plane to Alfred, and it just kind of I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but it's like he's exuding no, no, no. this. I know what you mean. Energy where it's like, yeah. oh, I can't be bothered with this shit, you know. Let me just say these lines and, and get the scene <clears> over with so we can go on to the next one. Mm. And um, yeah, that just that, that was weird. I mean, it, it, I'm glad you, you kind of agree there, Rich, because yeah, I, I was thinking maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just like, I've got the, the fact that he wants to leave the, the Batman role in the back of my head, in my head, and I'm just kind of judging him on that. But it, it just kind of felt that mm. way to me. And, and also the suits, man. What was going on with the suits in that movie, with the Batman suits? Like, did you see the suit he wore in um, the final scenes? Yeah, like looked, it wasn't like Arkham Asylum. It was Arkham Asylum suit. He looked like the fucking Michelin Man. <laughs> it was just massive. Was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, I was like, huh? You know, it just, it, yeah, it was weird. The, the Batman was really weird in this. Um, I didn't mind the, the scene where they were kind of debating, you know, the, the rights and wrongs of, of bringing Superman back to life. But um, yeah, it was just, 
it was just a weird performance for me. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, we'll use that as a jumping off point to jump into the negatives of, of the film anyway. Um, did you guys want to uh, come back on anything I said with regards to Batman or? Yeah, um, I was going to say, yeah, I understand what, what you're saying. It's like, like I said, is that, that whole thing of he's got a new outlook on life and he's, you know, he's seen that there is good that can be done. Mm. But even though he might have the outlook on life, the determination and the grit behind Bruce Wayne slash Batman never, ever goes away. So I understand mm. what you're saying. It was like in back in BVS when he's when he's talking to Alfred and he's you know and every single line as much as people you know my some people liked it some people didn't some people marked it where it's just that that no he's you know do you know how strong he is like if he wants to take us out he can do this and he can do that and he was just determined just the way how he was talking and even just his physicality of how how he was acting it was always there mm. and I don't understand how all of a sudden you now going to go into a fight with this person who. In essence, as you know, from what you can see, is might be powerful than the people who've got together and Superman, and you're can you're kind of taking it like a walk in a park. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. They, 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 there's there's none of that. That I mean, let, we, we you know. We, I think we can all agree when we say that when Batman fights against anybody, as much as it as much as it is about doing the right thing, there's also this unnerving fear that he feeds off that drives him. Like mm. I didn't see a fear that he had of Steppenwolf. Like, you know, like other characters mentioned it, that they had lack of fear, like, well, listen, I think we're going to die. And, oh, I'm scared of bugs and, you know, X, Y, Z. But there wasn't a fear that Batman had of like that was driving him. It was just almost it was almost just like, hey, you know, I've met other people that are kind of you know like dressing up and doing mm -hmm. cosplay. <laughs> I've made friends. <laughs> let's, go and, let's go and fight somebody. So I understand what you're saying when it, it felt like he just played it kind of flippantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on, on, on that end. I don't know, Alvin, if you want to add to that as well. I think his Batman was just kind of like semi-exhausted. <laughs> That's what it seemed like to me. It seemed <laughs> like, he was, like it was a bit of a ball ache for him to like fucking get everyone and that, you know what I mean? To head to fucking somewhere in Northern Europe and fucking meet, sorry, I keep swearing, and meet um, Aquaman only to have him go, nah, I'm all right, you know what I mean? I think it was just like, oh, can't can't be asked. That's why I think that's why I think it was like that. But other than that, I, I didn't I didn't particularly notice it. But um, but yeah, and I think his performance as Batman is, is quite breathy, like in his voice, mm -hmm. like it's kind of like almost like a whisper yell yeah, when he says things. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I think it. I, I think that adds to the I can't be bothered because usually when you can't be bothered, it's like ah oh, fucking uh, you know what I mean. So perhaps it's that too, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Actually, it is quite a you you hit the nail on the head. Really, it's quite breathy the the way that he, he delivers his lines as um, as Batman and as Bruce Wayne as well. So, yeah, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. But um, yeah, as I said, we might as well segue into our negative. So, um, Alf, do you want to kick us off? Was there anything like that that stood out as like really, really, really irritating to you? Um, I reckon we're probably going to all say the same thing on some of these. But yeah, you might as well go first, man. Yeah, for me, my biggest my biggest negative in the whole movie was uh, was Steppenwolf, uh, just because I mean, what he did with his axe was a fucking badass, and I was like, yo, this guy's fucking sick. But I am bored of CGI villains because they're, mm. that, they're just that CGI villains. You can have one of the best voices behind them; it, it doesn't really matter if they're not interesting, and you don't really give them that much of a backstory. Or his his only backstory was. 
He came to Earth once. He tried to mash up the Earth. They beat him. He got sent. He got banished. Done. That was it. Oh, now he's back to fucking try again. It's like that's that's not enough. That's not enough. Just just to say he's he's doing it for Dark Side. It's not enough for me. Like it's it, that's not a character. That's just a fucking set of pixels that he've animated. And like when we got close ups of his face talking and all that, I was just like, it's, it's just CGI. I'd rather it. I'd rather it was an actual big ass person in a fucking. I'd rather have got the mountain from bloody Game of Thrones to play that character. You know what I mean? Because at least then that's a real fucking guy. If you want to dub him over, you know what I mean. Dub him over, whatever. You know what I mean? But like, it, it's just like just all the close ups of him talking. I was like, there's, there's no threat there because he's he's not fucking real. I know he's not. You know what I mean? The CGI was okay. But it's just like, come on, man. They did the same thing in BVS, you know, CGI. Well, it turned out the villain was CGI. Well, no, it turned out that Doomsday was the villain because really it, it was just like two hours of Batman and Superman being angry at one another. And then they went, oh, yeah, there's a villain. We're throwing a villain, throwing Doomsday. And he was just CGI. And he wasn't really anything apart from just fucking anger and just jumping about, smashing things. So it's, it's just boring. It's just I just find that so boring. So that to me, whenever they're fighting, I was like, yeah, it's cool what's going on, but I don't fucking care, to be honest. I don't really give a shit. Well, listeners, you heard Alvin's passion there, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I lost count of how many F-bombs there was in that yeah, one. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the only way I know is because it's like, I don't fucking care. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm not invested. That's what I'm trying. I guess by swearing so much, I'm trying to say, yeah, I'm not, I'm not invested in that. I'm not, I don't. I don't, I don't care. Like, make me care, man. You know what I mean? Give me reasons to care. You know, Spider-Man Homecoming had one of the best villains of the year because even though he's a villain, you as the audience member kind of sided with him because he went, yo, this guy's just trying to make his money. And he got screwed over by the government. I'm kind of on his side. You know what I mean? A little bit. Like, not, not completely with what he's doing, but I'm kind of on his... You know, they made his care for the villain. Yeah. You know what I mean? This didn't do anything apart from... He's got a big ass axe and he's a bit of a badass. And that's all he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, we might as well stick with Steppenwolf because Jesus Christ, Steppenwolf is bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rich Kid, I mean, was there anything redeeming about Steppenwolf in, in, in your eyes that, that you saw in the movie? Or do you just want to kick him as well? Because feel free to do so if you want. <laughs> no, well, well, the thing is, to be honest, it's not even about kicking him. Like, um, like, it, it, I mean, I mean that the proof is in the pudding. I mean, it, it's is literally as simple as that. Anybody that can say anything different, then by all means contact us and and explain how. Um, and and as in, when I say that, I don't mean like you're a fan and say like, oh my god, but it was this and it was that. No, 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 no. We're talking about film now. All right. <laughs> um, I just I liked it when he was fighting. <laughs> 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 That, that, like, that, that scratching, was it. Yeah. That scratching sound you can hear there, yeah. listeners. That's Richard scraping the bottle of the barrel. <laughs> to get some good shit yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I liked it when it was fighting. Like me personally, I, I don't mind CGI characters. I mean, even if they're kind of bad, like sometimes you know, like you, you might watch certain films and then when you go back to it and the CGI hasn't really stood the test of time, and you're like, well, you know what? You still put some badassery to the screen with it. You know, I'm, I'm going to let it pass. But like you said, Steppenwolf was was literally he he was. He was an empty plate. Mm. He was an empty. That, that's what it was. He, he was an empty plate. Like he was. He was just a stand. He, he came down to earth and he, and he wanted to take over the earth. Like shit. Who hasn't done that before? Mm. You know. Mm. That, 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 that's 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 what the main problem was. Mm. And then on top of that, even when we did see anything of him, 
there wasn't any form of there, there was there, there never really seemed to any form seemed to be any form of motivation either. I mean, he was like he was just like, oh, you guys know I tried to take over you the first time. They defeated me last time, and I'm gonna pull it off this time. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> what? Like, like huh? <laughs> like you know? So yeah, and, and and so it's that thing where it's like it's. And, and and it's one of the things i mean like i said we're, i know we're going to be touching on a lot of things here but that just reminds me of of zack snyder writing mm. where he just you know like and and the way how warner brothers have been treating this thing once again like they're just expecting people to know and be like oh well, it's, it's really really cool yeah like we're, we're, we're getting smarter than that or, or, or we are smarter than that mm. so like i said i think physically what he was doing on the screen that was cool but he could have just been like a a, a boss in a computer game to be honest Mm-hmm. yeah man i mean boy well we're running out of time anyway so i'm not even gonna like you guys have pretty much hit the nail on the head so i really don't have anything to, to add to that say for two things one um alvin i've kind of started to come along to your line of thinking i am getting a bit sick of these cgi villains now um i'm finding it a bit hard to to just kind of relate to that i guess is is, is the way of putting it i mm. don't know um but yeah yeah i agree with that 100 percent. and um and as rich said like the, the, the you know what the hell was his motivation we we, <laughs> we know he wants the boxes but you know that that's about it we don't really get anything else from this movie um and yeah i will say this as well anybody who keeps saying well you know marvel has a a, a villain problem listen DC Films and Warner Brothers have put out fucking Doomsday, who was shite, have put out <laughs> the Enchantress, who boggled across the screen for a couple of minutes, and have now added Steppenwolf. And oh yeah, let's not forget the, the brilliance that is Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. So oh, when you wanna... don't forget Ares, don't forget Ares. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Ares, yeah. yeah. Let's well, not forget the hell Ares out of me well. though. So when you want to talk about like comic book movie villains, then that's, uh, and the problems with them, then it's a problem within the genre. It's not a stick for you to use to beat Marvel Studios with. Because as much as they have got it wrong in the past with, with some of their characters, they've also got some examples of where they've got it right. So far, DC and Warner Brothers have not got it right full stop. So when you start putting out a villain that people are actually interested in, that's when you can we can start having that conversation. Until that point, shut up. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's move on anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of like overall negatives as well with with the film, because it feels like that as said there's a lot, and we've kind of touched upon them anyway in, in, in saying some of our positives because that's just the kind of movie. But um, Justice League turned out to be. Um, was there anything else that, that kind of like stood out to either of you um, as a negative? I will just quickly add before you begin that um, for me, the CGI I felt was really sloppy in places as I kind of touched on. Um, the parademons, I was just like, oh, again, loads of like, you know, CGI things flying around in the sky. And it just was like, yeah, okay, who cares? Like, again, you've not really expect, you kind of, touched on it a little bit when you had the um, flashback scene to the original battle, but otherwise you've not really explained much about the parademon. Oh yeah, and, and the opening scene where it's like, oh yeah, they feed on fear. Um, and the Russian family, what what was the deal? Like, I, I didn't <laughs> understand why we spent so much time with the Russian family. Like, what, 
they made a thing of like the, this girl finding the bug spray bottle and then like that was just left hanging like they never bothered to go back to it again um and it just seems like this is a movie and a <laughs> with a plot where people just kind of leave shit everywhere and, and don't bother with it um the superman scene where they left the mother box in the fucking ship when they know that steppenwolf can use boom tubes to jump around to different places um and they never bothered to explain that and yet the characters for some reason leave the one box that they've got left to protect leave it in the ship to go and rush off to deal with superman and then surprise surprise steppenwolf jumps out of a boom tube takes the box and goes i was laughing i was like what the hell is this like what <laughs> like hmm. you know you, you've literally made nothing of this of this thing that, that has happened which is infinitely um important to the plot uh, just as important as Superman returning, and you, it, it, you know, it just was boneheaded at times. The plotting was boneheaded. So, um, yeah, you guys, uh, boy, uh, you've got like four minutes between the two of you. So, if you want to cram some shit in, um, now's the time, man. Fling as much mud as you like. Um, Richie, go first if you want. Um, yeah, that that scene that you're talking about about the mother box, you know, it reminded me of it reminded me of like bad WWF wrestling. And then everyone looks at us like, oh my god, my god, it's not fair, wake up, somebody get in here. Um, <laughs> Do you know what it reminded me of with the wrestling analogy? It reminded me of if you have like a baby face and, and a heel, so say like you've got Stone yeah, Cold yeah. and you've got like the heel Undertaker and they yeah, have yeah. their and then, you know, both of them get knocked out in the middle of the ring and like the mm. championship belt is just laying around and then like, out from the back comes Mick Foley to steal yeah. the belt and then run into the back and like Jim Ross is oh my god he's run off with the belt I can't believe it I can't believe did it. everybody see that did everybody <laughs> see that all of our 14 million viewers did anybody see that <laughs> um, sorry yeah carry on man. yeah so yeah so I definitely agree with you on that scene um I I think that like I said I'm going to put it down to the, the main problem of for the DCEC DCEU including the film and the whole franchise as, as a whole concept of time the concept of time it just, it just seems to be non-existent it's just nonsense um so i mean like i said that's something that we can touch upon you know when, when we talk about it again i'm sure we will at a, a later point but um but that scene when superman comes back to life the reason why to me it didn't work is because number one we all know that he's coming back you need to make us mm -hmm. believe that is a struggle for him to make it back and to lead yeah. into that fight for us to yeah. make him remember who he is and uh, a, a prime example that I'll, I'll have is that, for example, I remember there's a film called Leon. Jason put me on this film back in, in the early 90s when we first, first met. And I remember he never told me, spoiler, that Leon gets killed at the end. Even when I watched this film, the way how the film has been directed and the screenplay has been written and the, and the actors act throughout the whole film, I still genuinely always believe that, you know what, maybe something might be different. You know, like you need to have that 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 sense of hope or that sense of fear or that sense of dread, and it never feels that way when they bring in Superman back to life. It's just like we get the mother box. We just got to do this and X Y Z, and and it just felt like it it felt like a, it actually felt like a comic book where they know they need to wrap the story because come by next issue they're gonna start <laughs> a new arc and a new writer and a new artist is gonna come on. So it's like yeah, okay, cool. What can we do? Well. He's dead, but we can just use him to. We can use this to bring him back to life because it works. I'll tell you what it's like. So. It's like using the cosmic cube to wish back Captain America. That's what it's exactly like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
but yeah, sorry, Rich, uh, carry on if you've got any more to add. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and yeah, and so, so that was it, and and I think it's just the whole the the concept of time throughout the whole franchise and this and it, it especially shows in this film like you just have light and you know it's something like you have a daytime then you have then you have nighttime but you, you don't even know how long it's been going on for like you know that's it i mean something that they did that was well that they did well in bvs is that they gave you a time frame at least of yeah. like the, the the battle between zod and between superman and it was like what a year or, or 18 months or something like that and that was cool but in this film is it doesn't know his ass from his elbow and then like I said, they try to make it feel like it's been going on for X amount of time by showing you different different weather patterns. And it's like, okay, then cool. And then you just get to like Russia and then it's just like red sky. Like, so what? <laughs> like, so what? And then and then you just and then you and then and then you just focus on like one and then you focus on one Russian family, but then they only briefly like show that there's other families in there when Superman flies by with a skyscraper. And you're just like, okay, okay. But I'll tell you one thing, and this is this is I reckon this is what's called um this this feels a bit like um just wedding writing. No, no, because he would have kept it in. Definitely, Zach, let's say put Zach Snyder writing. When that girl picks up that bottle of bug spray, yeah, I guarantee you, when they release this on DVD or Blu-ray, there's going to be a deleted scene where some, one of the bugs or something tries to take her away or something like that, or something comes and she has to spray one of those but one of the parademons. I guarantee you, I bet money on that. I bet money on that. <clears throat> I bet Alvin. I bet Alvin sold. I bet Alvin sold. Yeah, that, that's a deleted scene. <laughs> well, everybody knows Alvin ain't got a soul, so that's a bit. <laughs> but um, yeah, Alvin, man, uh, boy, feel free to kick a man when he's down, you know. So um, yeah, if you want to jump in, then jump. In. Yeah, I mean, I had questions throughout. Like, f- firstly, where the fuck were these parademons coming from, right? Because it's not like they travelled across the cosmos. And it's not like that mother box was activating or anything because that was mm. lying dormant in Themyscira. So how would they just, do, how would they fucking appearing? And oh, Batman was like, oh, it's the fifth sighting. Oh, they've been around for a little bit and they keep coming. It's like, well, how? <laughs> how are they coming here? What are they just like fucking driving in a Ford Fiesta or something? Like, I don't I have no idea. <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, the Aquaman bit, like, I thought Aquaman was kind of cool. I kind of liked him and all that. But the way he just showed up in that fucking tunnel. In, a, in a, an entire tidal wave was just like, oh yeah, I'm here now. And I know he said some <laughs> shit about being able to kind of feel like people through fucking water and that, but they weren't mm. initially in water and surely he could have, surely Bruce could have given him a phone, his phone number or something. So he could be like, yo, uh, yeah, Steppenwolf came here. He took the fucking box. So uh, I'm going to join you, join your team. You know what I mean? It's like what you didn't ring, like you just decided mm. to just travel through fucking shitty sewage pipes. <laughs> and managed to save everyone and not only that you were wearing your full kind of like king atlantean get up as well it's like i'm just like what you know what i mean and oh man what else now i'm trying to think if there's anything else that kind of did my head in yeah the parademons just being like chitauri essentially uh just being cannon fodder was just like yeah you're whatever okay yeah i know why you're there and um yeah i just feel like why would you have aquaman fight a land battle his whole thing is the sea. I get that he's strong and all that, but it's kind of like, it's just him just like throwing his spear into things. And it's just like, <laughs> what, mm. what, like put, him, put him where he's best, which is the fucking sea. His name is Aquaman. You know what I mean? And, and once Superman showed up, the fight was a bit too easy. Just yeah, a little yeah, like, it was almost like, yeah. you guys yeah. shouldn't even, you should guys should retire and let Superman do all the fucking superhero work because he just mm-hmm. fucking came in and he just made everything so fucking easy. It, 
now I get why they had to Optimus Prime him. You know what I mean? And, and not have him show up until like near the fucking end. Yeah. Because yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's, he's almost, uh, I don't want to say they made it, maybe they made him way too powerful. Because remember that episode of uh, Justice League where, um, where oh, the spell's been cast and Batman and Wonder Woman, they're, they're together in this building. And then um, they, they don't realize that they're each other. So Batman sees, well, sorry, Superman sees Wonder Woman, sees a demon. She sees a demon in Superman. So they start fighting each other. Yeah. Wonder Woman almost like fucks him up. She like proper, proper matches yeah. him up. It's only when he points to a puddle that she can see his actual true reflection. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I think like they've, they've kind of maybe made Superman a bit too powerful here. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, those are just some of the few of the ones off my head. Cool. Cool. Fair enough. Well, I think we've given poor Justice League enough of a kick in for now, so we'll, we'll help it up off the floor and, and dust his shirt off a little bit and then send him on his way. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the um, the future of the DCEU before we wrap this thing up. Um, obviously, listeners, I mean, I guess for those of you who, who've listened, you, you may or may not know this, but um, on its opening weekend, uh, the movie underperformed. It, it didn't really hit the um, projections that Warner Brothers had for it. Um, I believe they were aiming for about $110 million um, in the American box office on, on the weekend that it came out. Um, and it only hit, um, initial reports were saying 96, but I think once everything's been recalculated, it's actually more like 92 million. Um, that's actually the lowest uh, opening that a DCEU film has had since its inception. Um, Batman v Superman made a lot more. Um, Suicide Squad opened to a bigger weekend. Wonder Woman opened to a bigger weekend. Man of Steel opened to a bigger weekend than that. Um, so that led to a lot of people kind of questioning, okay, well, where is the DCEU going from from here? Because surely, you know, if it's underperformed that badly, people at Warner Brothers must be looking at that thinking, boy, well, (laughs) it seems like all of our grand plans are kind of blowing up in our faces here. So, you know, where do we go? So um, we definitely know that we're going to get Aquaman next year. Um, That looks like it's pretty much done in terms of filming now. Um, I think it's just in post-production. So unless they pull the plug on it in post-production, um, which would be a very drastic move, then um, it seems like that's pretty much going to happen. Um, Wonder Woman 2 has, has kind of been tent-polled, and, and I guess with the success of Wonder Woman, it, it would be silly of them to pull the, the rug on that. But for the rest of the DCEU going forward, chaps, um, kind of what movies do you see happening? Do you see any happening at all? Um, or do you think they're actually just going to hit the reset button and be like, you know what, we messed up, take that piece of paper out the notebook, screw it up, throw it in the bin, and start again? Um, Alf, where do, you, where do you think things are going from here? I don't know, man. All, all I know is that it's fucked up that like, you've got DC's like major team, the team, the top-level team, having a movie... And it not doing that well. Thor Ragnarok did better than that in its opening week. Mm-hmm. And that's a fucking Thor movie. And the Thor movies haven't even been that great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's kind of, I'm still kind of shocked that, that, it, that it had to go down like that. I'm just, I'm just kind of confused. I'm so confused. You know what I mean? Because it's like, there's, there's, a lot, there's loads of DC fans out there, right? And loads of people who are familiar with DC characters. Some more mm-hmm. so than Marvel characters. So the fact that it's kind of like underperforming, I'm just kind of like, wow. Like what? The, like what's like what? Like 
Uh, maybe people have been burnt. Maybe people got burnt by uh, Man of Steel and BVS and the Suicide Squad and were like, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not going to go see another one of those movies. But it's... Uh, I think the time of year that we're in, it should have been easy for them to to make some cash because it's it's pre-Star Wars, right? We're a month, a month like just over a month away from Star Wars uh, when it came out, or just under. And it's not been able to... Maybe maybe it's been sandwiched between too many big films, and obviously you've got, obviously when we're recording this, it's well the day after Thanksgiving, so yeah, Thanksgiving coming up as well. Maybe people are more concerned with other shit going on, mm. like what other movies they're going to do. I don't think they should do Flashpoint Paradox, but uh, I think they're going to do Flashpoint Paradox. And what Rich was saying earlier about them using that to reboot, uh, well, I say reboot, yeah, technically reboot and kind of change things a little. Um, that that could be actually be a good idea, but still, it's like it seems like it's a bit too early for that. I think you'd want to build for it. Um, I think a lot of the movies will go ahead, but I think the one I'd be most interested to see would be Justice League Two, just because of the uh, post credit scene where essentially we're told the Legion of Doom is coming. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see as to what they did with that and where they went with it, but. I don't know, man. It's kind of a leaky boat at the moment, to be honest. And like, if I was any of them, I'd be I'd be jumping ship like uh, like Affleck. Um, Rich, do you want to have the last word on on where kind of DC EU and where Warner Brothers are, are going with this and how they should be doing it? Um, um, feel free to go. Yeah, yeah. You you know how I always try and sit down and try and see how things can be done and you know like whenever i hear like castings and stuff like that i'm like oh maybe they should do this maybe they should do that i, I look at the dceu franchise and, and to be honest i don't know how it can be rebooted even if they were to do it through one of the characters and i mean the consensus is that the flash character is somebody who did who's you know been received quite well in a justice league film so that's actually okay um but the thing that we have learned is that especially when it comes to these type of characters that people love we don't like reboots especially if reboots come too early we saw that clearly with the, the batman franchise um i mean that and that's that wasn't even as bad and take into account the the type the period that we were in then um but then look at the spider-man series when andrew garfield took over that was but that, that you know i mean no, no, no. Yeah, it's 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 still made money. But what I'm trying to say is that, but they weren't well received. I mean, I'm I'm no, yeah, I no. actually don't mind I the first like one. No, but 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 really. you know what I mean. But but the consensus was that well, you know what, X Y Z. We weren't we we remember like we said, they still made money. When we saw the Justice League trailer, we were like, ah, this just looks like a fucking music video of cosplayers. But all three of us still went to go and pay money to go see the film. So it doesn't matter whether it made money. It's, it's what happens after initially when people start to make up their mind what they want and what they don't want. Um, I personally think that the mistake that they have made, and I've said it before, is that they're not selling characters. They're, not, they're selling brands. When you look at, when you look at the posters um, for, um, for Justice League, um, and it would let, like, they had like... I think there was a poster where it just showed the symbols of people. They're selling brands. They're not, they're not selling the comic book characters for us to want to believe in or, or want to like or want to hate. And this is a problem that they're having. And I don't see how they're going to be able to rectify that when they've already portrayed everybody on screen. Because now you're going to have to stick somewhat to how those characters have been portrayed. And the reason why I'm saying this is like we've just had a conversation not too long ago, literally in this podcast, about Batman acting different. To the last film that we saw him in so so how are you going to rectify that 
Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, so like so like to me, it's is 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 a big problem that they that they've actually given themselves of wanting to be different to Marvel and maybe to try and you know and to try and try to make as much money as possible in this genre, which could go on for another twenty years or or could fold in the next two years. We we don't know, and so that just shows you maybe how much they the company is just after money. That's number one. Number two, maybe the reason why it underperformed as well is. Don't forget, Joss Whedon came in along and did and did reshoots. Yeah. Joss Whedon, the last thing that he did was that he, he was he's associated with Marvel, so that, that you know, so like we 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 all know how fanboys can be. Fanboys <laughs> can be fickle and be can and can be more petty than you know than than the pettiest person on earth, <laughs> like you know. So maybe that had a hand in it. We've already had a petition about people saying, ah, you know what, and um, we want a Zack Snyder edit of Justice League. Just, Zack Snyder has his fans, but when when Batman vs Superman was getting lambasted, people you know like people look at Zack Snyder the same way that people looked at Joss Whedon when Joss Whedon did Avengers. So that could be another reason why it underperformed. It's, it's so many different things, but to me, whenever I look at the reason why it's underperformed, it's it's stuff that could have been avoided by the studio itself, and it, and I don't know how they they're gonna get out of it because they, it feels like they're still just digging holes, like digging a deeper hole. You're gonna recast Batman with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. It could be a good move, really. But come on, man! Like it's it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope that wasn't too much of a downer for you, listeners. Um, but you know, you know how we do here, rule long talks, man. We're raw and we're honest, and we'll give you our opinions on things. And you know, sometimes, <laughs> unfortunately, those opinions could be negative. But it is what it is, man. You gotta just take it with a pinch of salt and. Let us know what you thought of the movie as well, of, of Justice League. Um, we'd be interested to hear some, some different opinions and to see if, if people, you know, liked the movie overall and, and want more of, of that kind of thing or whether you're of the mindset of, of some of us of that, you know, maybe it's time they just pull the plug and, and start again. Um, but, yeah, get in touch. Um, you can contact us via email. You can reach us at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com uh, and you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Wulong Talks uh, as well. So just check those out. Um, and as I said, yeah, we'll be happy to hear from you if you if you've got an opinion. Um, but yeah, let's 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 move on, guys, and wrap this thing up. Um, but before we do that, actually, uh, we're going to have a bit of fun, uh, listeners, as well. Uh, we're going to do a fan casting, um, which is something that we've not actually tried before on the show, but we kind of do it all the time um, outside and when we're talking um, socially. Uh, but we thought it might be fun for you guys to hear a, a fan casting. So. Rich came up with the idea of doing a fan casting for a, a remake of Big Trouble in Little China. Now, there has been plans for a um, remake of this movie for some time. Um, I think they've been floating the idea of remaking it for about four or five years now. Um, but nothing really has, has happened so far, as far as we know. Um, so it would be interesting, I think, to kind of dig into it and see like where who we'd cast and, and where. Um, and if you're a fan of that movie as well, let us know, well, first of all, if you're like me and you don't want to see a remake full stop, um, but also who you would cast if you were recasting um, that movie and you were doing a remake, let us know um, who you'd add. But let's get into it, boys. Um, so let's start at the top. Uh, Jack Burton, now The Rock's name has been mentioned as somebody who um, potentially could be playing him in, in the remake if the remake goes ahead. Um, what do you think about the rockers, Jack Burton? Um, Alvin? <sighs> <laughs> <sighs> I 
Like, look, I like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, yeah. But I just don't... Uh, I mean, Big Trouble, like, it's a film that I saw when I was a kid, yeah. I didn't watch it that much, like, as a teen or anything like that. So it's like, my memories of it are watching something that's quite adult, you know what I mean, that I probably shouldn't have been watching or whatever. But I just don't think you can beat, like, Kurt Russell's mullet, you know what I mean? I just, I just, I just think that is the movie, like, if you, if you remake it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think it'll just be The Rock being The Rock. You know what I mean, and that, and people seem to like that, so just let the rock be the rock in it. Yeah. Um, Rich, how about you, man? You you happy with the rock as Jack Burton? Listen, I, I, that was actually my choice. Um, I I generally feel that the reason why the rock would work is, like you said, is that is is just the rock being the rock. The rock is someone like he's one of those action stars um, who's fully aware. Of what and who he is, and, and 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 I think that works perfect for him. And I think some of it, some of the roles that he has played, that he has, you know, that he has like you know done quite well at, is that when he does play against that whole thing of like, oh shit, I don't even know what's even happening. And um, and I think he, I think he'd be able to capture that Jack Burton um essence that um that Kurt Russell brought to the role like easily. I mean, minus the money, he doesn't need the money. Um, yeah. So I think that'd be, I think, I think he'd be perfect. Um, apparently. Um, I just looked in a cosmic cube and I and I read that in another universe, instead of the rock being cast as Jack Burton, is that it's fucking Tyrese. Now, wouldn't that be a fucking kicker, bro? For that? <laughs> You're bad, you man. By the way, he's got to pay his child support bills, isn't he? So, boy. <laughs> what more do you want from me? <laughs> um. So yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So I, I think the, so, yeah, I think the, the rock, rock would be perfect because um. Yeah, he, he just he just knows what he is, right. and and he's a good actor as well. I've seen him I've, when he's acted good. He's acted good. Um, cool. I'm not sure that sentence even made sense, but yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, we get you, we get you, man. All right, so um, the Rockers, Jack Burton. Um, yeah, I think there's a bit of a consensus between the three of us on that one. Um, even though Alvin wasn't that committal, but that's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, but, I won't no, go I, see I, it. No, but I understand a bit what you mean, and in a sense that I kind of feel that there is a danger of the rock being overexposed um it does feel like he's kind of anytime there's a big franchise it's always his name that's mentioned and he's mm. in there and, um whilst i agree with you rich he's, he's improved tremendously as an actor um i do worry a little bit that he's kind of stretching himself too thin here but as you said he kind of knows what his strengths are and, and what aren't <clears> and as long as i guess the script is kind of tailored towards that then he should be able to pull off the um, a fun Jack Burton. Uh, let's see. We won't do the entire cast because that will be we'll be here all night. Otherwise, we ain't got much time, and we know you ain't got much time. So we'll just kind of go through the key characters here. Um, so Gracie Law, uh, originally played by Kim Cattrall. Um, who are you, would you guys have for Gracie Law? Um, Rich Kid. Hey 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 hey. You start. That what happened for. I need to think. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that that girl, should, that woman. Sorry, that girl, that girl. What what am I? Um, uh, like um, you know that woman in in that in that film, her and uh, what's his name's girlfriend. Listen, I, I don't even know who I would even chosen because I was in love with both of them. So I need to I need to sit down and think hard about who I would choose. So come to me after. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I'd probably go Jennifer Lawrence, maybe. 
Oh. Oh. Yeah, maybe Jennifer Lawrence. Um, I just think she kind of Jennifer Lawrence kind of has that same that same spirit that uh, yeah. Kim Cattrall kind of brought to the the character of Gracie Law. Um, I, I think Jennifer Lawrence has that um, within her. Uh, she won't come cheap, but boy, we're fan casting, so um, yeah, why not? I'd, I'd stick her in there. Um, Alf, you agree, or do you have any other options? Uh, you know what? I think it would have to be someone who had like. You know, I don't even know as to how you could cast that kind of role like that these days because, like, damsels in distress and that. Mm-hmm. Certain people complain about. So uh, I think you'd have to change the character up a little bit in some shape or form or whatever. But I don't know, man. There's there's plenty of options. Mm-hmm. But it's just like tying it down to one. I'm just like, I don't know who I'd want to... I don't know who I've not seen enough of and who I want to see more of. Yeah. You know what I mean? In order for them to get that role okay. or to be portrayed in that role or whatever, or to portray that role even. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I think there's, you got a lot of options. You definitely got a lot of options there, but I don't know, man. But I won't okay. pick Jennifer Lawrence. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, let's move on because we are running out of time. Rich, did you have any thoughts? Anybody? Uh, uh, you know what? I, I didn't. I didn't think of anybody, but I do understand the reason why you would pick someone like Jennifer Lawrence. She very much has, like you said, that spirit that even though she's a damsel in a stress, essentially she is smarter than the main hero. And it, and it does remind me a bit of like how um, Margot Kidder brought, you know, portrayed Lois Lane in the Superman films and King Kuchar portrays um, um, the reporter in Big Trouble in Little China. They're not just women damsels in distress. They've got that that. No, like they, that person, like they'll be captured by a villain and they'd spit in the face and rather give up where the base is and stuff like that. So I do understand what it is, but I can't imagine her kissing a rock. As much as the rock looks good for his age, it'd just be like a, a granddad, or like a, a dad kissing his daughter if he ends up kissing Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> so that kind of threw me off. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, how about uh, Wen Chi? Um, I, when we were talking about this earlier, I mentioned. Uh, God, I've forgotten his name now. Um, um, Daniel Wu. Daniel Wu. Yeah, Daniel Wu from uh, Into the Badlands. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. he could make quite a good Wang Chi. Um, agree? Or yeah, any other yeah I like that. Yeah? Because he's Asian. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not <laughs> just that, really. I think he, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah, 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 I know you're joking. But I think he... he um, again, I've not seen a lot of Into the Badlands, but what I've seen of it from him, um, he gives me the sense that he's quite he's quite an interesting actor um in that there's you know he's capable of doing pulling off the subtleties as well as the the physical stuff obviously the martial arts and things like that um and i think i get the feeling there's a sense mm. of humor to him as well as a man that probably hasn't been tapped yeah. quite for the roles that he's done so far but i get the feeling if you give him you know a, a good adaptation of that movie that that gives him a chance to have um, a few comedic moments as um, you know Dennis Dunn had in, in the original, then uh, I think he could pull it off. So yeah, I, I think he'd be a good choice for one. So yeah, I'm down with that. Um, let's see I, the villain. I, sorry, I, oh, sorry, sorry, I heard that in that universe. Yeah, I heard that in that universe where Tyrese is playing Jack Burton, the person who plays Wan Chi <laughs> is Finn Jones. I don't know. I just, I tell me, it's just a rumor I heard, man. <laughs> It's just a rumor I heard. Like. 
So your stories, man. I've got a good source. <laughs> just just skip into the beat of the city. <laughs> oh my god, what a prick. We're gonna run into him, he's gonna bust our heads, you know. He's gonna bust our heads with his if it's fake martial arts. I'm shook, I'm shook, no, I'm shook. We should no, stop he, it, we should stop. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what's gonna happen. He's gonna throw a punch and it's gonna look so fake and so staged, we're gonna see it coming fifteen minutes before he's actually bad the thought that he's gonna throw a punch. And then we're gonna trip him up. And beat him up. Oh man! <laughs> oh god! Yeah, we love Finn Jones here, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we've got to do these last two super quick because we're really pushing it for time. But um, so the main villain, uh, Lopan, yeah. uh, was originally played by James Hong. Um, mm. You know who I'd want? Who? I'd want Uncle uh, Chow because he oh, doesn't get to uh... play villains too often. Yeah, and when he does yeah. them, he actually does them quite well. He did one in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 3, I think mm. it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Quite, yeah. In fact, he was probably the only good thing about that Pirates of the Caribbean film was, was him. Mm. Oh, you um, mean Chayon Fat? Yes, Chayon Fat. Oh, right. Yeah. He's Uncle Chow, Alf. Uncle Chow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so he called him Uncle Chow. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, that, that, no that, that's, his, that's his name. His name's Uncle Chow. Like, yeah, his nickname's Uncle Chow. Same Uncle way, Chow. like, Clint, Clint Eastwood, his nickname is Our Man Clint. <laughs> have, you, have you never heard that? No, it's true, bruv. Our Man Clint. Is, that's his, name. That's his nickname, bruv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know him personally, um, innit? So. We're, we're, we're going to get sued, man. We're going to get sued. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, no. Um, Chow- I would choose, I would choose, oh, yeah, Chow Fat? I would choose Daniel Henney. I would choose Daniel Henney to play um to play um uh Lopan. Just because um, Daniel Henney, sorry, remind me. Daniel Henney is a agent X in the Wolverine Origins. Um, oh yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, and, and I mean I mean yeah. yeah, so I mean, is so, he I mean agent, so yeah. Is he agent X or Agent Zero? I think it's Agent Zero, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Agent Zero, sorry, Agent yeah. Zero, yeah. And he actually is he actually isn't he is a decent character. I've seen him in quite a few um you know, think well like Chinese and Japanese films, um, or Chinese films, shall I say? Um, and and, he, and he's a good actor. And I would like the fact that the whole character of Lo Pan is that, but he you know he's there's almost a, a certain amount of vanity to him with this power that he has. So obviously, when he becomes young, uh, you know, by by draining the force of of whatever, he would be this good looking guy, you know, who who's buff and he's this and he's that, but also be a bit of a bastard. So I think that's something that I, that they could work on. And obviously. I think obviously when you know when he gets his power and he does become younger, um, and he looks and looks a, a certain way physically, that would be a nice opposite to the person who we're gonna cast as Egfu. Mm. Um, so so you know because like you know obviously they've had an ongoing battle, and even though they've both fed off the worst for wear, when one does get the upper hand, it works physically. Mm. So I think that's what that that's something that 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 could be played upon. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like that, man. Left field. I like that. I like that. Um, all right, let's get to the last one before we run out of time. So the last character, um, Egg Shen, Richard mentioned, um, originally played by Victor Wong. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Um, and we both agree with this, Alvin, so it's up to you to disagree. <laughs> but we would like to see Jackie Chan play Egg Shen. Um, Rich, do you want to explain why quickly? Uh, just for the simple fact that um, I think number one, it'd give Jackie Chan a chance to act, um, and to act somebody who's age. Like, I mean, the thing is, I think probably one of Jackie Chan's best best roles, and I'm not even talking about the Russia, the stuff that he's done in the states. So, like, Rush Hour is good for what it is, but one of the best roles that he's done 
drunken um, drunken master the karate kid mm. that role yeah. that he played one perfect mm. spot on spot on and like it, it gave him a yeah, chance yeah. To, to flex his acting chops and it, and it gave him a chance to somewhat act his age so i think that's something that would that would they'd be able to capitalize on in this where we know that jackie chan is you know amazing fighter and he's this and he's that but he's, he's of a certain age that he can't do what he used to be able to do and that's the reason why i would go with the choice for danny daniel um and uh, then um daniel henny is it daniel henny? yeah daniel henny to be the villain so basically you know when one's depowered they're both kind of like on the same type of level but one when one's younger then you know then there's a there's a difference there's obviously going to be a slight difference as to how they're going to be able to react like physically and and, and i think i think it'll just be a, a nice option or a nice chance to see jackie just do what he can do and and the reason why i was thinking of this is that earlier on me and jason were talking about westerns um, and there is a slight Western influence if you watch the original um, Big Trouble in, in Little China. And it's the whole thing of like Clint Eastwood acting his age. Yes, he can still fire a gun and he's still a badass. But, there's, you know, you're never going to be as fast as you were. You're never going to be as strong as you were. And so you have to play to your advantage. Jackie was able to do when he, when he was in The Karate Kid, where essentially he took on the role of the drunken master that was played by, you know, by Sam Seeds. And so it's almost like the student becomes the teacher so i'd like to see him in a role where he where he just plays to to his strengths and stuff still trying to you know not live this lie but still try and prove himself to people that some of them haven't even seen his his best work when he was younger so yeah that's the reason why i choose jackie yeah 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 yeah. you know a lot of people like have got a lot of hate for that karate kid remake but i don't mind it i mean i, I don't know whether it's because of jaden's in it or whatever <laughs> and they just hate jaden so they hate the movie but i actually think the movie's not bad yeah um, why is it called i didn't, karate mind, it. I didn't mind it at all why is it called mm-hmm. karate kid well yeah because he doesn't learn karate does he no he doesn't <laughs> yeah, but that really fucks me off but, that really pisses me off <clears throat> it's like calling a film space adventure but it takes place on earth yeah yeah i i hear the point but i i, I still yeah. think movie itself is not the the train wreck that some people want to make out that it is and i think and part of that is because of as richard perfectly summed up is because of jackie jackie chan and his performance like Mm. i think he shocked a lot of people um so yeah i think he's he's a good choice for um xm for me um alf you having some uh, jackie for xm yeah i like seeing jackie man i like him uh, i like the fact that he wants to flex his like proper acting chops and that Mm. and as he gets older i think he'll probably get more opportunities to do it like mm. well hopefully he does anyway because like he's pretty much world famous so so yeah i think like hollywood needs to like pay him a bit more attention and see how they can put him in things whereby like you know what i'd want to see him i'd want to see him as like you know when you see fucking like a born sorry swearing again you know when you see a born film and like there's yeah. that old guy who's like head of whatever team and blah blah and everyone mm. calls, i'd like to see the, him do that but be a chinese one of those in a movie Mm. for some reason i just want to see him like be serious and be ahead of something and for people to come to him and like he's managing this team and blah blah but i'd, I'd like to see him do something like that for some reason mm. i don't know i've got that in my head but it's just because it'll be so far away from his kind of like uh kung fu comedy that that mm. like obviously he's known for for doing back in the day and that mm. and yeah just give him a chance to like do something like the really serious and that so yeah uh, yeah yeah i could see him do that role in big big trouble in little china as well because I think it would be, it'd be, it could be quite comedic, and I think it'd have a lot of fun with it as well. At the same time, yeah, 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 definitely. 
definitely. All right, well, thanks a lot, boys. Um, and listeners, thanks a lot for, for joining us on this episode. Um, let us know what you thought of the Big Trouble and Little China fan casting. And if you have any kind of ideas and, and different people that you want to see um, in the movie, then, then as I said, get in touch with us on social media and let us know. Um, and also, if you want us to do another fan casting, because um, this was kind of fun. So, yeah, if you've got any ideas for, for movies that you want us to fan cast, um, just get in touch. You can get in touch with us via email at uh, wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. Um, so just pop that in and send us an email. Or if you want to find us on social media, you can find us at Wulong Talks on Twitter, um, at Wulong Talks on Instagram, and Wulong Talks Podcast on Facebook. So pop to any of those uh, and drop us a line. And as I said, we'd love to hear from you, man. We, we love hearing from our listeners. So let us know what you thought of the show and, and everything else. Um, before we go, uh, I'd just like to say as well that, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we've actually joined a new collective, uh, which is called the Britpod Scene. Um, what the collective is about is uh, basically a group of, of podcasters, all from the UK, um, who have all come together uh, to kind of, I guess, work as, as one and um, kind of help to spread the word about all the things that we're doing and um, to reach out to you listeners as well. Um, there's some fantastic podcasts on that that collective as well. Really, really good ones. I've checked out a few already. Um, so go ahead and, and, and check them out. You can find them on Twitter. If you type in BrickPodSeed on Twitter, you'll um, that should bring up the Twitter page and then that will bring up the list for you. But you can also track them down on Facebook too. Um, and a special shout out and thanks as well to um, the Rough Giraffe podcast um, and Theme Park Films podcast as well for inviting us to join. Um, thank you very much for that. Um, uh, we haven't had an opportunity to meet everybody in the collective yet because there's a lot of people there. There's about 80 different podcasts on there. Um, but everybody as well who said her life, uh, said hello um, and said hi, thank you. Uh, thank you for making us feel welcome. We really appreciate it. Um, and going forward, uh, hopefully there's a, a lot more developments to come for you listeners with regards to um, what happens with Britpod scene as well. So we'll let you know in due course um, how things go with that. Um, but that's it. Yeah, let's wrap the show up. Um, don't forget, listeners as well, please uh, make sure you check out our shows on iTunes. And um, they're available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast as well. Um, I'm still kind of toying with the idea of moving to Spreaker at some point. Um, if you are somebody who uses Spreaker and, and rates it, let us know. Uh, that's something we may explore going forward uh, next year as well. Um, and lastly, make sure you say happy birthday to Rich Reviews. Rich, tell them where they can find you so they can say happy birthday to you. Uh, Rich Reviews on Instagram. Is it Rich Reviews? To yeah, listen, I've got... A, I've Memory loss. Is it Richard Views 266 or is it just Richard Views? Old, it? <laughs> it is, it is. It's like, look at that. It's that shit happened hey, quick, bro. Like, hey, creeping up on you, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Richard Views 266 on Instagram. Um, and also, sorry, Jason didn't mention, but if you're listening to us or watching us on, on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, man. Mm -hmm. it's just just there, just just click it. It's take you two seconds. Is is you know, I'm sure we're entertaining you better than Justice League. Why not? Meet us every week. <laughs> Um, yeah, so rich reviews on Instagram, uh, on the uh, also um, Wulong Talks on Instagram, www.wulongtalks.com. We've got the blog there as well. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much me. Cool, cool. Um, and Alf, where can people find you at? Um, and is there anything new going on with the channel? No. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at bigA85GL. 
Uh, if you want to follow me on uh, YouTube as well, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, that's uh, youtube.com forward slash uh, Geek. And, and yeah, if you want to check out my videos and sub, that's up to you. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you do. Cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, listeners, for joining us on this episode. I know this one has run a little bit longer, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is, man. We, we had to delve deep deep into the mire that is Justice League. Um, and we couldn't have done it justice if we didn't. So thank you for sticking around and, and listening uh, a little longer than you usually would. Um, we're going to say goodnight now. So uh, boys, say goodnight. Alvin, say goodnight. Goodnight. Richie, say goodnight. Goodnight. Uh, it's goodnight from me, folks. So we'll catch you next week, hopefully, with uh, another podcast. Oh, and keep him peeled as well, because I'll have another movie review podcast coming out shortly. So um, keep him peeled for that. Take it easy, people. We'll see you soon. Peace.